Okay, this is Eric Tucker with the Thought Session Podcast, and joining us today, we have Kendra Alberry with Kids and Capes Incorporated, a very unique foundation with very clear goals in mind, um, which include addressing and eradicating sexual abuse, bullying, and illegal drug use as it pertains to children. And first of all, let me just welcome you to the podcast and thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here. Awesome. The pleasure is, is, is all ours. I hope everything is going well on your side of the map mm. with all of this sheltering in place, so to speak. Um, how's everything going on that end for you? We're managing. I have to say that, you know, we're now homeschooling our nine-year-old son. And it's definitely a learning curve for my husband and I. So we're having a tag team, but we're managing. We're creating our own blueprint here at the Alberry's residence. Well, that's awesome. Hopefully a blueprint that your son will be able to follow yeah, as well. Okay, yes. so let's just dive into it. I, I reached out to you. I saw a couple of your posts on social media. And um, I think the post that I saw was a reference to a book that you had published a while mm -hmm. back, um, something about food stamps to favor, from food stamps yes. to favor. And I was like, I could relate to that. Um, so I want to talk about the book a little bit, but while doing a little background on you, I, I discovered another organization that you are part of with the Kids and Capes. And I was so excited. And one thing that I loved was the fact that the reason why this is so important to you, I mean, you make that apparent to anyone that comes to your site. I felt like I was immediately drawn in. I was really clear on the cause. I felt like you guys were doing something to make a difference so I was wondering if you could give us a little background about your foundation. Tell mm -hmm. us what, what your goals are, your mission, and uh, you know what drew you into this particular cause. Absolutely. So Kids and Capes is a sustainable nonprofit that works to prevent uh, sexual abuse, bullying, and illegal drug use in children early on. Um, I started doing the work back in 2012 um, when I wrote my first two books, which is From Food Stamps to Favor, my memoir. And then I wrote my first children's book titled Don't You Dare Touch Me There. I am what you call not just a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, but a conqueror of childhood sexual abuse. And so I began to um, kind of start sharing my story, but through play with children since it was a children's book. Um, don't you dare touch me there. And the characters all wear capes. I wear capes and courage is their superpower. And so um, we pretty much take our mission and we put it into action through the programs that we offer. So our programs focus on advocacy, education, literacy and intervention. So we have four key components um, of our program and it's specifically for 
pre-K all the way through 12th grade students and parents, um, because we realize we have to have the parents buy in to be able to kind of um, share our message so that they can be empowered and equipped to share our message with their children. That is fascinating. And are you based in Central Florida area? Yes. Kids and Capes um, is based in Alachua, Florida, uh, which is northwest of Gainesville, Florida, home of the University of Florida Gators. Go Gators. I'm a Gator. And um, we've been in this area for um, eight years, but we moved from right outside of Jacksonville, Florida uh, to here, like I said, about eight years ago. And um, that's when I was actually doing the work. We incorporated Kids in Capes as an official um, nonprofit in uh, 2017. It was November 2017. So we've been doing the work for a while. And last year we had an opportunity to share our message of prevention, advocacy, and early intervention in Kigali, Rwanda, which is, of course, Africa. And it's it's been an amazing, amazing journey. That is amazing. I mean, I I can't stress enough how amazed I was to know that there is actually somebody doing something with respect to uh, here's the community, here's a need, here is a reason why we're involved. And, you know, it's like it's two different stories. Okay, one is the work that you're doing, which is such a great thing. But then you always wonder sometimes, why is this person involved? And I Mm -hmm. think you mentioned that when you say you you had to conquer some things from your past, right? And, mm-hmm. and 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 it's apparent that it was through faith and forgiveness that you were able to do this. And I think yes, uh, to me that just answers that question. If I'm a parent that is considering, you know, engaging with your organization, you know, why why should I? Why are they doing it? I know right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, not only that you feel passionate about, but you can relate to. Absolutely. You know, so how did you finally overcome what mm-hmm. you had to deal with to be able to conquer it and start affecting change for other ch- children? What I had to do, um, I found healing in writing. And so writing kind of has always been my passion. I, I was a ghostwriter. Um, I was a speechwriter in corporate America for several years. And I worked in marketing and PR and, and I journaled. And so that was an outlet for me. And then, of course, um, I found this organization about three years ago called Reclaim Global, based in Jacksonville, Florida. And I attended a no-cost, three-day intensive uh, program that's specifically for adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And it it really changed my life. Um, And that is when I actually said, okay, I need to take what I'm doing, kids in capes, to the next level. Because I think it's truly um, only when you heal that you can become an agent of change. I think in brokenness, we're not operating in our fullest capacity. And I often tell people reclaim was like the missing piece of my puzzle um, as it related to being healed and being whole. And so I often, when I have to speak, and I'm often called to speak or to facilitate a training or of such, And I often tell people that until you heal yourself, 
you will always find yourself in these cycles of dysfunction or a cycle of trauma. And uh, oftentimes it becomes normal for us until we create this new sense of normalcy that we have to be so passionate about. Um, and you, you have to be relentless, you know, to have it. And I knew and recognized, you know, within myself that there was a need for me to be completely whole, to create the change and the impact that I needed to make. That is awesome. And, you know, one other thing that I found fascinating was the fact that you're not just focusing on sexual abuse. You're also mm-hmm. focusing on the bullying and the drug mm-hmm. use. I mean, because, you know, I mean, when you look at the total wellness of a child, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. could be dealing with all types of issues. Yes. And I love that you're not just picking one. You're, you're It's mm-hmm. almost like you're picking a certain age where they're the most yes. vulnerable and you're trying to address mm-hmm. anything that they may be facing, right? Yes, absolutely. Because um, the, the one book, particularly the bullying, I remember as a child often being bullied. Just, it was just awful. And bullying starts in elementary school, physical bullying. It peaks in middle school. But the physical bullying in high school, it drops off, but the verbal bullying continues. That's based on research. But what I found was that is so true because if you never move or never relocate or your bullies never move or relocate, you're stuck with that. And so I said, I'm going to write a book um, about bullying and um, I'm going to write a book because my older sister has been, she's had um, substance abuse, drug abuse in her life. And so when you see um, my children's books, you're really saying art imitating life. Um, these are issues that I feel that I have faced and my family has faced. And the only way to prevent it is to um, address it head on as soon as possible. That is true with many things in life. And I remember, you know, I'm a Chicago kid, South Side, and, and you know, I've seen bullying and I've seen the effects and, um, you know, I don't, you know, where I grew up, I don't know if I was bullied or if it was just a regular day, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, in the hood, so to speak. But what I did notice um, early on was once when I stood up for someone, the difference that it made in, in mm-hmm. that child, in, in that in that person who became a friend. And I and I love that feeling. Right. And I've always encouraged my children to to do the same. And so, it, I mean, this is a circle and, and this is something because to your point, bullying is not something that's only in one phase. Right. I, I, I it happens even as adults, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yes. and it's a pattern that if, oh, yes. if if it's never addressed, it continues. Mm-hmm. Right. That's exactly right. I remember when I was in corporate America being bullied by my boss. Um, and, and at that time, I actually worked for a really large school district. And um, it it just amazes me that what you don't address and the things that you become silent to, you you will succumb to those things. They will overtake you. And that's why I am so passionate. Um, Bullying comes in all forms, you know, whether it's physical bullying, spitting, kicking, punching, you know, excluding other kids or what have you. But um, even to the point to where someone makes their best attempt to devalue you in a workplace is also another form of bullying. And um, you you have to know how to advocate for yourself. 
you have to know what your company policies are. Um, when you're when you're treated unfairly, you you have to know how to communicate and articulate um, your um, dissatisfaction with a situation. And so that's why I advocate um, in the way that I do um, against bullying, um, particularly with children, because what happens is children grow up. And so if they never learn to stand up to a bully or if no one ever stops them and redirect the behavior, this is what we have in the future. I love it. And and I love the title of that book. Leave us alone. You mean, old bully. I mean, that mm-hmm. if, if that's not as direct as you can be, yes. uh, I don't know what is. And um, tell us where we can find the books. Oh, absolutely. The books are available um, online at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Um, all of the book retailers, whether they're major or boutiques, you can actually go in and ask for their um, the my name or the title of the book. They're also available through the Kids in Capes website, which is uh, Kids in Capes, I-N-C, which is inkcapesinc.org. You can go in our store and shop there and you can find the books there. We're getting ready to actually this coming Friday to release the comprehensive first of its kind curriculum, pre-K through 12th grade, and we're getting ready to expand our store. So that's one of our projects that we're working diligently on between now and Friday, we'll be going live with that. And so there'll be a lot of a la carte items in our store online as well. Well, that is awesome. Um, one you. other question I wanted to ask was, because uh, you mentioned your involvement with school districts, um, mm-hmm. and you're obviously working with school-aged children. How, how has this program been received from some of those local school districts in your community? We've had, it's kind of been like up and down. It all depends. Um, more so with Head Start, we've had quite a bit of success. I'm a product of Head Start. Um, and so Head Start here has been really, really good. Um, the faith-based community somewhat, you know, they've received us. I've had a lot of my programs piloted at some of the churches here in the local community. That's how I came up with the programs. Um, but as far as the school districts, this is one of the reasons we're pushing this online curriculum. So that way that they can preview it. All of the books are um, animated, uh, which is amazing. Um, and all of the courageous conversations are also in there for our middle and high school students. And we're encouraging uh, school districts to incorporate their performing arts programs. So I think with school districts, um, what had been a barrier is actually trying to get in to, to kind of sell it or pitch it, I should say, because I believe the content in itself would sell sell what we do. But it was a matter of us packaging it and just being able to allow them to preview it to see the value in it. And so this is kind of like the missing piece to kids in capes and we're getting ready to launch this. So um, I'm hoping to see a lot more success particularly now um, with the homeschooling of children. Uh, we're getting ready to launch it to this curriculum to parents and to teachers. So it's kind of like train the trainer. The teachers can um, review the curriculum, go through the curriculum. Parents can too. And then they'll have access to all of the interactive read aloud and all of the content and links and things of that nature. Have you gotten any feedback from the children that have participated? You know, it's interesting. When I do read aloud, I get a lot of feedback from kids telling me who their favorite character is, because what we do 
um, if I haven't mentioned this, is we learn through play. So with our younger kids, we learn through play. Um, with our middle school kids, we learn through scenarios. So um, I use my news reporting experience and I actually pull actually actual headlines and we do um, a reenactment of how something could have been prevented or what conversations have your parents had. So little kids are always saying who their favorite character is or what their favorite food is because we talk about the don't you dare touch me there zones, which there are four, the mouth, mm-hmm. the chest, what's in front and the bottom. And so when we talk about the mouth being the first, don't you dare touch me there zone number one, we start that conversation with what's your favorite or least favorite food. So kids love to talk about what they love (laughs) and what they don't like. They don't like broccoli. They don't like onions. They do like watermelon or whatever it is, cheeseburger, pizza. And, And the beautiful thing is all of the characters actually have that listed in their profiles. They have their favorite color, which is the color of their cake. They have their favorite subject in school. They have their favorite food and what their hobby is. And so kids, these characters really come to life and and the kids seem to really enjoy them. So kids tell me all the time. I have to tell you what's funny, though. Um, When I first started, I would count out the capes because the kids wear capes. And all of a sudden, capes started disappearing. Kids were taking the capes. They would shove them in their pockets to take them home, which is why Mm. I had to. This is how kids and capes got started because I just couldn't afford to keep replenishing the capes. I was like, I need donations. Um, I need your support because um, all of our programs are not just, um, you know, no cost. Some of them, they, they require a cost, you know, to, for capes and for books and things of that nature. But we also realize there are, there are communities where we know people will not invest, but there's a need. So that's where we kind of hone in on our social good and people, um, our stakeholders and supporters being able to donate. And we are able to find, like here in Gainesville, those communities that have the high numbers of child abuse, sexual abuse reports. We can look by zip code and we know where the need is. And that's where we kind of like to target when we give. Wow, I see some great partnership opportunities in your future. There is a need that you've obviously um, identify with, you're passionate about it, and you have resources that the average parent can use to actually, you know, educate their child, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's great. You're providing a community resource, but this goes way beyond your community and, and I, because the message is universal. And I, and I think that's wonderful. Um, I wish you the best continued success. And even if we're not in that Central Florida area, how can we help support your cause? Absolutely. You can visit Kids in Capes, www.kidsincapesinc.org. And there's a donate button on our page and whatever amount you feel that you would like to donate, you can. Um, For little people in your lives, you know, we have a book and a cape special for $25. You can pick whatever book um, you'd like. I highly recommend the paperback because the paperback is like our parent um, and guardian edition slash teacher edition. And it has discussion questions and um, it has uh, coloring sheets. It has a bunch of support materials in the back of that book. It also has a promise to tell and listen agreement that the adult and the child will sign. That way um, the burden isn't always placed on the child. And so if you visit the website, 
uh, kidsandcapesinc.org. You can click on the donate tab or you can shop in our store. Well, that is amazing. And and one last question for you, Kendra. Do you have to be a University of Florida Gator to participate? Absolutely not. You can be okay, a FSU fan or Chicago Bears or <laughs> Miami Dolphins because truth of the matter is we really want all communities and homes to be a safe place for children to learn, play, and soar. That is awesome. Kate, safe spaces and great yes. resources for parents. Um, I think you're doing some wonderful things in the community and just as a whole. And we hope that you'll keep us abreast of your additional offerings um, in the future. And don't be a stranger. And thank you for joining us. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Thought, thought, session. session. Thought.